You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Eurobash. We are recording this from the Glimmerman in Stony Batter and once again Noel has joined us on the north side and even made his way here by himself and sat in the pub for maybe up to, I'd say an hour, by himself. An hour, yeah. Uh, how has it been? How have you integrated to society here? It's good, Bart. There's a number of stolen uh, car plates there. There's a number of stolen, everything in here is stolen, I'd imagine, to be honest. (laughs) It's a great place, my favourite pub. It is, the point of Guinness is very good, I have to say as well, but uh, how are you? What's going on? What's been going on Christmas? It's Christmas up to my eyeballs here, but um, I've been working away, um, you know, it's, it's but uh, gearing up for Christmas and those coveted two days in a row off, which I'm really looking forward (laughs) to. Haven't seen one of those in a long, long time, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, it's... um, but we couldn't really, we couldn't part ways with the, the, the bashers without doing a, a podcast summarising this crazy, crazy year. And a great year for Eurobash, of course, as well, Now It has, yeah, no, definitely, you know, obviously big thanks to everyone who's tuned in throughout the year. And, you know, it's been a, another sort of, it's been a weird year for European MMA. I think there's been a lot of maybe lads sort of on the cusp of doing big things. And I think we're going to kick on really into 2020. I think 2020 is going to be a huge year for MMA in Europe. And, you know, we've talked about it. We reckon we could up to, up to five champions potentially from Europe. Um, crazy, crazy year ahead. But 2019's been a, been a whopper, man. Absolutely. Now, before we get on and we start looking back at what happened in 2019, let's take a look at these headlines. We're not going to have music today because you can hear we have a good bit of background noise <laughs> and we don't want to filter that out. So, uh, Nicholas Dalby v Danny Roberts was announced today uh, for UFC London. Um, I guess you wouldn't see Dalby as a step up from... Alex Oliveira, but I still think it's a fantastic fight for the London card, Dalby and Roberts. Big time. We know about lads throw down. They like to go out and use their kickboxing skills. And we've seen Danny, obviously, in a number of wars. And 
We've seen Nicholas in a number of wars, obviously against Ross Houston earlier on this year, which Absolutely. was one of the fights of the year for me, and we'll, yeah, we'll probably mention that, is, that yeah. later on as well. Um, it's just a stylistic matchup made in heaven for anyone who's a fan of European mixed martial arts, and it's a fight I'm very, very excited about, and hopefully it gets a good placement on the card, and I reckon it could be, um, you know, as far as co-main even, depending if we get Darren Till and, and Jack Hermanson, as you bravely and boldly predicted, Pete. Yeah, and that looks like it still could be a possibility. I think the fact that Cannonier and Whittaker have been matched makes it even more of a possibility, but there's another big middleweight fight on that card with Darren Stewart and Marvin Vittori. I mean, that's as close to, you know, the a, a top middleweight fight in Europe that you can get. Vittori is, you know, two wins since that loss to Stoilbender. Uh, Darren Stewart, two wins as well. He got that win over Darren Wynn the last time. So, he, so he's getting a lot of momentum. Another fight that was announced is Paul Craig v. Ryan Spann. Um, so Paul Craig coming off the draw to Shogun Hua. So that's a, that's a, another big fight for him there. You remember the last time he was in London, got that last second submission win. Uh, Tom Breeze back in action there as well against Brandon Allen, Brendan Allen even on February 22nd in Norfolk. That's a big fight for Tom to come back in. And I think, to be honest, it's a good idea to have him away from England, away from you know all the hype, all, all, the, all the talk and expectation um, as he looks to make his way back to the octagon. And Nathaniel Wood v. John Donson is also going down on February 15th in Rio Rancho. A bit like Arnold Allen and Josh Emmett in the fact that that would have been a great fight for UFC London, but it ain't gonna happen there. I can understand it, Domin. So we talked about Darren Hill before, you know, the true Darren in when he didn't actually fight um, in the US before he took that Woodley fight in Texas. It's a good way to promote him, give him a bit of stock and US credibility. Totally understand it. I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Yeah, so. and Dodson, and Dodson as well. Like he did Dodson, take man. on uh, Jan and Prague. Like that's pretty much enemy terrain. He went to there for that, so you can understand him not being too eager to go to London if that was an option there. And um, Paul Redmond v. Ryan Scope, as we announced last week, um, Bellator put out a press release saying it's a prelim, and then um, you know have told people that the card is subject to change. But I think Please it's. I think it's a bit of a joke at this stage. Like this has happened to Redmond every single time he's fought. Like I mean, the three times on the, this will be the third time now for Bellator, and the two other times he was on the undercard, and it's just he was sense. originally supposed to obviously co-headline in his last bout um, until he got injured. I think that was what he was told anyway from Bellator MMA and, and their brass. But you know, throwing him back and having that fight as fucking prelim. Sorry, mate. One, he's the, one of the biggest draws in Dublin. I don't care what you say. He's in the biggest draws in the Irish market. You have him and Ryan Scope, a high-quality matchup like that, on the prelim app for Bellator. Yeah. Lads, you know, get the fuck out it of here. It doesn't make sense Seriously. as well, because Ryan was main event in his Bellator debut and co-main in his, yeah. his uh, next fight. And now him and Paul Redmond are prelim guys. I don't know. It, it's, it's Bellator all over this year. It really is. Crazy I, don't, I don't know if you saw this stuff from Scott uh, over at Bloody Elbow. <laughs> Shortly after this Redmond fight uh, was... You know, determine was was said it would be a, a prelim on, on that press release. Scott from Bloody Elbow puts out a picture that shows Charlie Ward and Ken Coppinen as the co-main event of one of the cards, and we haven't even heard that fight's announced yet. Like, I mean, Crazy. what's going on here, lads? Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's so a, confusing. It's absolutely mental, and I think, um, you know, what are they doing with their European markets? They man? need to you, you no, know? but they, they honestly need to like they need to start listening to the fan base. Like, I put out a tweet. I, did, I just stated that this press release says that this is a prelim, yeah. and the reaction was 100. percent in the favour of uh, getting Redmond, why isn't Redmond in this spot? Now, James Gallagher wrote back to that as well, and he was kind of saying, you know, these are two of the best guys in Europe, but anyone who, do, I'm baffled that people don't understand. But, I mean, I get it if James is talking about himself. I mean, he does so much to market James the cards. Yeah, 
he, he's a bit of an anomaly like because he can market the card so easily he does so much media he's fantastic with the media he's a great rapport and he's obviously a big draw as well um but the only difference i've seen between paul and the other people who have been announcing the main card like setting james aside and stuff is the fact they were at the press conference and, and red wasn't so i mean they're the only interviews i've seen these guys do. yeah well like, they, they haven't done an awful lot of those press conferences either like they, they don't go out and talk you know a really good smack talk game either everyone knows paul redmond he's been in the ufc he's he's done the rounds you he's know as far as in the country like whatever yeah doing. exactly 100 percent. that's the whole point and it's disrespectful at this point that you're putting paul on the on a prelim app when he's clearly you know one of the biggest fighters in this country most well known and respected and one of the biggest fan bases in this country i guess and i think with a lot of the other guys as well i don't mean to interrupt you yeah. but you know i mentioned this before a few weeks ago they, they, they sell tickets. Some fighters are better at selling tickets yeah, than others from the yeah. clubs and things like that. And that's why a lot of Bellator events are getting sold out and there's, there's a lot of people attending the events because, because that reason. Obviously, James is a big pull as well, but Paul's equally. Yeah, but it's doing nothing to help them with this SBG uh, bias stigma. Like, I mean, like it doesn't make sense like yeah. to have him below some of the fights that are on that card. Well, that's no offence to you. It very much the looks car. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we can go over it again and again, but I mean... It, it just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, but they need to start listening to the people, I'd say. Definitely. Even though they are selling selling um, this Dublin card out every year, it doesn't mean it's a guarantee every single time they come here. Um, just looking at 2019 as a whole, and I tried to come up with some quick talking points that we could kind of talk about, but two of the things that stick out in my head more than anything else, and we're kind of along for the journey for some, with some of them anyway, would, would be the emergence of Masvidal and Adesanya as faces of the promotion this year. Like, I mean... Of course, we knew who these guys were before 2019. Yeah. But they have really, really seared through the competition and, and really established themselves at the forefront of the UFC, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah. yeah like, you know, I struggled to look outside those two guys this year. And That's four of the year, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, it really would be, for me, Adesanya because of the three fights that he's had, the manner in which he's won, the victories. I think if you're looking for, you know, more of a marketing sell, You'd look at Masvidal, obviously big name opponents he's beaten as well. We haven't been too high on Ben Askren uh, as a potential opponent for mm. a lot of the upper echelon guys in the UFC welterweight division. Incredible fashion the way he finished them, but Israel Adesanya, man, just the emergence has been incredible. So, you know, that's where I would just shade it for him. I think a lot of people are going with Masvidal, but I think that fight's probably potentially could happen down the line a number of years if, if, if you know if Masvidal wants to That'd jump up a weight class it'd be crazy but for me I would shade it for Adesanya I don't know how you feel about it with with, uh, with Jorge because we actually haven't even talked about this ourselves well um, I can actually tell you who I voted for if you give me two seconds I actually oh, don't know can't I can't remember, remember yeah. <laughs> but I would because I think you know Look, Robert Whitaker. Like, do you know what I mean? You, you, you look at the fights he's had this year. The, the three big names, being thirty years of age. Robert Whitaker. No, I'm talking about oh, sorry, Adesanya, Adesanya. When yeah. it, you know the manner. Anderson Silva, Gaslam, yeah, yeah, and Gaslam and him. So they're three massive names. They're the three guys that you sort of look at. You know, I think the Silva fight was sort of a coming out party and then emerging on to the next level, and then ultimately that championship fight and, and taking the championship away. So. I've gone for Masvidal, and the reason why I've gone for Masvidal is there's not many fighters who have got the UFC to make a title for them. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the fact that he had That's the true. UFC bending over a table yeah. for him and stuff, like, I mean, I feel like Adesanya will be there mm. in a couple of years, but in terms of a guy coming in 
uh, against Till that time where we all thought this was set up for Till to, yeah. to win. Comes in, starches him, and he's off to the races. And it's just like, he picks Askren, gets a fantastic rivalry going with Askren, and dispatches him in five seconds. And then like he basically just has all of this, this, this stock, and he can do what he wants with it. And I mean, from something to, from nothing to something, I feel like Masvidal has done even more because he was around yeah. all these years right. and he couldn't make an impact, but something yeah. just switched in his head this year. He says he went off on that reality TV show and he had a change of mindset. I think from from the fact that he was around for so many years and maybe the casual yeah. fan had no no interest yeah. in him to this year being the biggest fucking star in the organisation. I'm not, I'm not arguing. You. Oh, no, no, I know. It's, it's either you know, a writer. It's either a writer. Yeah. And I think I can totally understand from American point of view and from the push that he's got from the UFC, but Adesanya on a fight in terms, I don't think there's anyone else that really sort yeah. of... And the Whitaker performance was perfect. Yeah. Um, and I think Gaslam, the, the fight with Gaslam, Gaslam was amazing. Was fight of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah definitely. She's so telling each other things they, here and there, so we talk about later on. They have, so. different, they have different shit that they can both kind of be bigged up on, so I, I don't mind either of those selections. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you is, is their success partly due to the absence of Conor McGregor in 2019? Do you really believe yeah, so? Well, yeah, but, you know, but, no, but, they consider, but consider where he came from in 2018. Conor was at the lowest point he could be. All through this year, he's been hit by, you know, um, you yeah. know, in the press, he's taken a knock yeah, left foot and centre for reasons outside of fighting that we can't really talk about. Um, but look, look, he hit a guy in a bar, he broke a dude's phone, uh, all the nastiness that came with Habib. I mean, if you do you think if Conor fought this year, those lads would be pushed out of the of being the biggest stars of the year? I think if he fought and he won, yeah. Well, that's a different story. I know, I didn't ask yeah, you, know, yeah, no, you didn't ask me that. But yeah, now, listen, the UFC are good at promoting and bringing along fighters um, that they want it and often there isn't fighters you know that they could be pushing more that they don't push more and that's always been a problem with the promotion they put weight behind certain fighters they saw the whole incident when he boxed you know Leon Edwards Leon had a big part to play in this as well and he's yeah. been overlooked mm. and it's been very frustrating I'm sure for him as you know we've talked to him on the show here you've talked to him but yeah they can do more with certain fighters if they want to. And they've taken that choice this year. They've seen, oh shit, look at Jorge. He's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. BMF. There you go. And they've done it. Yeah. It just annoys me. And I've said this for a long, long time. There's a lot of very marketable fighters in the UFC. They turn, they, the, the, the promoters, the marketing team, change, uh, you know, they choose to turn their backs on at times and not get behind them as much as they should. And I think, you know, with Nate Diaz, obviously there's been a you know sort of ongoing issue for a couple of years, whatever, when he when he wasn't fighting, whatever. Anyone who fights Connor kicks on. And that was sort of the, the benchmark. So, you know, yeah, it's great to see another guy like Corey Masvidal. Did Henry Cejudo save the flyweight division? That's fair enough to say he absolutely did, isn't it, this year? I mean, I know he's he's rescinded the toil now, he's um he's given it up. But I mean, before that TJ Dillashaw fight happened, this fight like I mean, if TJ Dollarshaw had a beaten Cejudo and didn't pop for some shit, he'd be. I, I would have thought they would have dissolved that 125 division. Yeah, but the, the, the thing about that for me, where I've a sort of sour taste in my mouth now, and they're you know Joe Benavidez is fighting for it now, and but they had to. Like I mean, he was holding up two divisions there, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I know, but before even that that fight against um, Dillashaw, they had released a number of guys that were really, oh, really good stupid. prospects. Yeah, yeah. And you're sort of going now where they backtrack and what are they doing? Yeah, he probably has saved the division to a certain extent, but 
how meaningful is the division now going into 2020? I don't know. I, don't, I think it's good, yeah. really good. Yeah, I think your man Figueroa is brilliant. Um, even, even though they've, they've a number of guys who they've released that are fighting but they, outside. They're bringing that, people back as well. But, but so hopefully I mean, they do that. They can only correct the mistake if they made it, and they yeah. definitely made it. So, I mean, it, I, I think it's good that it's still a division, is, is the, the point I'm trying to make. Like, I mean, if they had it got rid of, it would have been a, another big black mark in terms of the sport aspect of MMA, I think, you know? Yeah, and listen, I love the, the fact that the division's still there. I've always been a big advocate of the flyweights. You've some some absolute killers in there, and obviously killers outside the promotion who were released beforehand. And uh, yeah, I think it is good, but um, I'm just interested to see where it goes. You know, I'm still not 100% sure Dana White's behind it. Like, when are you ever sure with that guy? And He's, you know, backtracks every day of the week and, and, and changes his mind like buffer. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean, though. You, you get the gist. From a European point of view, uh, Bellator v Cage Warriors is one of the big stories of the year. Not so much from us, but because the people involved, like John Kavanagh and Graham Boylan, been sniping at each other. They had cards at the same weekend a lot of times. But I gotta say, whatever, whatever side you're on, you should be on. You should be neutral if you're a fan, anyway or a media member because for me this is creating one of the most thriving atmospheres in Europe that we've had for a long long time yeah no you know I agree I think it's great for European mixed martial arts the guys are getting fights are getting paid well especially with Bellator and you know guys are going in the, obviously we saw Reese McKee Reese got an offer from, from Bellator turned it down so he says um, went to Cage Warriors he's doing the Cage Warriors thing um, the five people went from Cage Warriors to the UFC this year yeah you know? but that's what I mean that's my, my, my point like, that is the proving ground and I think you know, when you have Bellator there, you know, consuming so many fighters from, from certain gyms and things like that, that you're obviously going to get fighters that um, are going to be on their cards and their cards in the regional areas. But it, it does, it feels regionalised. It feels like Bama Part 2, to be honest with you. And it, it, I think, you know, we did see, obviously, with Peter Queeley and his fight that was announced there. Um, against Brent Primus. Against Brent Primus. Um, you know, that is probably the benchmark in terms of them actually putting something out there in terms of you you know you talk about the belt it's a fight that actually means something I think in in Bellator's ranks for European fighter <coughs> to kick on and potentially going for a world title and, like we um, saw Kate Jackson do this weekend exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah the, the much reported on um, fair play to Garrett Day. we'll talk yeah, about Garrett it later on but Garrett, Garrett actually pushed yeah. it out well like yeah. I mean but up on like I mean up until five we, weeks we there was not a whisper yeah, about it, was, it we found out about fights. last week when exactly, we were going to the yeah. cards yeah yeah so that's something they can definitely improve on. Like, I mean, if you could take one asset from Cage Warriors and give it to Bellator, it would be Cage Warriors' promotional arm. And that's only one dude. That's Matt Jones. Like, he does it all. Like, and he's unbelievable at it. And, of course, if you could take one thing from Bellator and give it to Cage Warriors, it would be the poorest for the fighters, you know? Of course, yeah. But, like, that evens itself out in certain regards and in certain areas. But, yeah, I just think Cage Warriors in general, and I'm not blowing smoke up their ass, they do a better job. All round of making you care. They, 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 yeah, yeah. They, they, they put. Well, listen, if you're invested in something, you're going to give a shit about it. Yeah. Cage Warriors have that ability to do that. Yeah. Bellator have not succeeded in doing that, not by a long well, shot. Well, they, they have in Ireland. You can't deny that. They've sold out the fucking card every time it's come here. That's huge. But yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, we've talked about this. A lot of those tickets that are sold are from individual fighters. Like, they can go on about I, this I, all I, they I want. I know, but they're selling out the tree arena. That's that's pretty, that's some, that's really good. Like. They are, yeah. They've, they, you know, they have obviously, you know, fighters that we all know here in Ireland, and they're putting them on the cards. A lot of them from the same dream. They're bringing two, three hundred people in. And you know you've James there as well to top it all off. I just I just like to see more meaningful fights, as you said, and Absolutely. better better matchmaking as well. And I think it's improved, obviously. Yeah. But, but it, 
it, it's still I'd still like to see better matchmaking and better sort of maybe um, sort of fairness in what they're doing in terms of putting the fighters as Paul Redmond's you know that he, there's a no brainer that should be co-main events it's, it's not, a, not even near a prelim alright ok cool um, well look we're, we'll um, we'll put a hole in this point and then we'll be back <coughs> we'll be back to uh, discuss what happened last weekend a few big fights for Europeans last weekend uh, some in Busan some in uh, Honolulu so we'll have a look at them and we will be back to you shortly after these advertisements well, now, before we get in to the action that unfolded in South Korea and Hawaii last weekend, I thought I'd hit you with some quick-fire questions on Christmas. Do it. I don't... It's just pick one and we move on. I don't want anything... You don't want to run? run just, no, 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 just waffle? say, say the right. first thing we okay. can discuss afterwards. Fuck the north side. Alright, fuck the south side. Um, ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Quality Street or Roses? Roses. Turkey or ham? Turkey. Selection box or ham and turkey sandwiches? Selection box. Stevens Day gaff party or Stevens Day on the toils? On the toils. Michael Bublé or Bing Crosby? Bing Crosby. Christmas pudding or trifle? Quickly. Trifle. Stevens Day or Boxing Day? Stevens Day? The fuck? <laughs> Christmas, Day, Christmas jumper or Stevens Day tracksuit? Stevens Day tracksuit. Good man. Mass or unholy Christmas? Fuck mass. Yeah. <laughs> Presents are gargle. Gargle. Fairy tale New York or last Christmas. Fairy tale one. New York. Fuck off. Mashed potatoes or roast potatoes. Mashed. <laughs> That's all I've got for you. Did well there. That was very good. Was very I, good yeah. I agree with every single thing you said. To be honest, apart did from you? apart from Stephen's Day gaff party, I go for. You can't go for Quality Street. Jesus Christ, you'd be mental if you went for that. I like a couple of the Quality Streets. Oh no. Just do you know them toffee coins. No, the, the strawberry one. That's it. Fuck the rest. I don't like any of the gooey ones, man. I just leave them for a lane. Fuck that noise. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> that was random. I didn't expect that at all. Fuck. I know. See, see the lengths I go to to keep these people entertained. But very well answered, I have to say. I'm trying to figure out anything I'd answer different. What did you say, turkey or ham? Um, turkey, I think. I'm a ham man myself. I eat both, so I mean, I love I'm turkey gonna... though. I do. And did you pick ham and turkey sandwiches over selection boxes? No selection boxes. Oh, no, I'll be ham. Need some sweet. In the ham next and day. turkey sandwich. Bit of stuffing. Bit of tiny little bit of gravy. About, about re cooked food and shit cause, probably because I got food poisoning a few times yeah Nasty you probably have a butler poison. that comes over to cook your dinner do you? oh yeah me ma does everything for me she wipes me <laughs> up her butler? arms and dresses me she <laughs> yeah, dresses me look at me I actually look well this evening she yeah. dressed me look at me no I'll stand in the kitchen in the nip what am I gonna do? <laughs> put my socks in ma <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well um, let's have a look at what happened in Busan obviously a huge co-main event there by European standards um, huge main event performance from Chan Sung Jung against Frankie Edgar um, you know and one of my friends uh, Alan Barry said this to me after the fight uh, of Royal Grappling Academy fame he was like a fight like that really makes you think about Korean Zombie when he fought Aldo that time and his shoulder went and like what that fight could yeah. have been if he had been fully fit you know yeah. what I mean like he, he's exceptional isn't he He's exceptional. He's a guy that, you know, could have kicked on to, you know, probably dominate. Fucking South and, Korean and, and military. Win. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the two years out, you know, doing his, uh, you know, military service, he could have really kicked on and got that world Absolutely. title. And it's just a shame that that happened at that time. But look at him now, man. You know, Frankie, you know, it's a different sort of kettle of fish for me. It's, it's, it's been a bit of a, a rapid decline the last couple of years for Frankie. And it's sort of a bit sad to see him go out there and get a handle like that and... Um, but yeah, listen, Korean Zombie, man. 
the guy is uh, on the up, and I'm super excited to see what happens with him in, in next year. Really, I'm happy. It's to actually say. like I mean, I know we all, we Holloway's always going to be a fixture at Featherweight. We're always going to yeah. talk about him, but if you separate Holloway from that equation, there, Volkanovski and Zabit, Volkanovski and Chan Sung Jung, it's mental. Volkanovski and Brian Ortega, like I mean, there's a lot of good fights there, isn't it? Man, every division is getting stronger by the year. I think even lightweight may have regressed a little bit this year because it's always been my yeah. favorite division, the best division. But if you look at welterweight, you look at bantamweight, you look at featherweight, unbelievable. Yeah, it's quality. at the top of the division. It's crazy. It's it's insane. And we like I forgot even to add Zabit to what yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the list of lads we were talking about last week. I did mention him last week. Yeah. That's crazy. I like, know. It's crazy. I fancy him against Volkanovski more than I did against Holloway. Yeah, I think he'd be more just so weird. And he's so and weird. He's so awkward to fight as well. Um, it's just very hard to prepare for Zabit, I feel. I think Even though Calvin Cater did a great job against him. He did. Calvin Cater's another stud, Animal. Another yeah. stud in the division. And there's so many guys that are, you know, they're, they're gamey, they're willing to compete. And they're absolutely just dangerous. And I think, you know, there's so many variations that can happen in, 29, in 2020. It's just amazing that Connor really only left the division in 2016. And I felt at that time that him in that division made it the golden era of that division but looking at the talent they have there now and looking at that kind of resurgence story they could possibly have a Holloway maybe this is the golden era you know what I mean who knows but well, maybe it is what did you think of Ozdemir and Rakic anyone that says a robbery either way there nah, is an all. idiot it's a nah. really close fight um, nah. I personally had it for Ozdemir 29-28 uh, um, I can see why people I, I, think well. the, the, I think the second round might have been this way. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But uh, Rakic is a fantastic fighter. I thought they put on a great fight. Um, but Ozdemir's damage to the lead leg, he kept delivering, paid off huge dividends because I felt Rakic was all over him in round one. And then Ozdemir came into the ascendancy then. If you look at how Rakic maybe regressed in terms of what he was throwing on his feet, yeah. the further the fight went, you yeah. got the feeling that he actually ran out of things and combinations where he was going to go, where am I going to hurt Osmir? What am I going to do? And here? look, he probably and lost a great deal of start. power Went off that lead of course, leg. You know course. what I mean? Like it's. I know. Look, I don't know how anyone's moaning about that. To be honest, was was there much people moaning about? Look, online? I've said it before. We have the quingiest fan base in the we world. Do, they find something yeah. every weekend to we cry do. about. We do. We do. Yeah. But I just. I. I I'm. I'm what, was there a lot of online traction? People moaning. Yeah. I saw loads of people saying. I. It was I, I, I really don't know what you can see in that fight where you can, get, you can call it for Rakic I, got I was actually a little bit disappointed with Rakic I said earlier on I thought you know the leg kicks obviously threw him off and it was like Ozdemir was sort of you know he turned into a Francisco Trinaldo as we always say in this show where he, he you always he, say he, he, he neutralised <laughs> yeah he, but he, he, he neutralised I thought he did a lot more than neutralised like, I, I felt like he was doing great work like really great work um, all off that lead leg though especially because yeah. I mean, he was yeah. taking punishment in the first round but he was he kept going to that leg knowing it would pay dividends later on and it turned out that, that that's what happened so yeah. well, I will say very surprised to see Duhu Choi in a three fight skid now Yeah, he took a long time off after that how, Stevens how loss your I mean I, I love watching him fight yeah, and I still in. love watching him fight uh, Charles Jordan I thought he committed the cardinal sin of asking for a bonus yeah. afterwards yeah. I was like oh no he's not going to get it he got it fair play to him he deserved it Duhu Choi is an animal but from a European point of view, we had Cyril Gann there. Um, a real fucking, a great striking performance he put on in that fight, but still no knockout finish for Cyril Gann in the UFC. I what was just about fuck, to say man? to you, I think the fact he hasn't finished him, people are going to have the question marks. Can you talk about the wingers and things like that? People are going to want to see a knockout. I mean, in fairness, I haven't seen people whinge about it because he did look so yeah, good. He looks, he, he, but it's coming. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is coming. coming, of course it's coming. Um, but, 
Yeah, I think it's good for him though. I think you know the Bills. You know he's had five fights. Is that his, his fifth fight? I think it was six, tar- six, six on, and on and Saturday now. night. Yeah. So you're looking at a guy like that, and he's progressing, and the level he's at at the moment in his mixed martial career, in a young mixed martial arts career, he's only going to get better. He's going to add more assets and facets to his game, and we're going to see a real killer in, in 2020. Another one who's going to compete for or be up there, thereabouts, especially in the heavyweight division as well, where it's. It's, you know, it's not fucking, you know, stacked at the top. Yeah, you can make big moves. Yeah, and the, just definitely. the thing that's weirdest for me about watching Cyril fight is the fact that we have identical bodies. And, like, when I'm watching <laughs> him, I'm like, shit, is that me in there? I keep going, oh, sorry, sorry. Because I spend so much time looking it's, in the mirror. You're like a flyweight. And, like, you know, a ripped six a ripped foot five. Flyweight. Flyweight. flyweight, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I am super heavyweight, though. <laughs> just, I just thought I'd bring that up because sometimes right, I get okay. distracted. But um, Saeed Namagamadoff lost the anonymous decision. I thought the judges did a great job there. Yeah. Uh, Rayoni Barsalas. Um, Disappointing. Guilherme Cruz was covering this card with me, but Guilherme is like three hours behind us, so this started at 7 a.m. I was dying. So I, I was doing that. Um, my computer shut off for the first 20 minutes of this because my hard drive was plugged in. And then when I plugged my hard drive out, it worked again. No idea what the fuck happened there. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, we missed the first 20 minutes, but then when uh, when Guilherme woke up, he was going like, tell me what happened with Barcelos. So I think he, I, I thought he'd beat Namagamadov, and he fucking did. I, that guy's a real talent, Barcelos. But I think if you look, like, to be honest with you, again, another fight, like, I don't, you can argue with the decision. No, not at all. Made of, you know, he was nearly choked out a couple of occasions. Um, grinded, gritty. That's why I was surprised. That's Stop saying grinding and gritty. <laughs> but but it, Bar- was, it, was, Bar- it was, Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. But Barcelos was... Um, I was surprised by how much he dominated him on the ground. You know, in the third round, especially yeah. once he got on top of him, he was fucking all over him. Yeah, so, like, again, I think, you know, I've been disappointed with those guys this year, a lot of Habib's teammates and things like that. We talk about Islam Makachev quite a lot. We talk about Saeed Nurmagomedov. Guys At least Islam's really winning. Yeah, well, he's winning, but he's just winning. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not really making the statements. Apart from that that one against Davi Ramos and Abu Dhabi, I know it wasn't great, but up on the, that final round, he fucking flatlined yeah, him. Yeah, he did, he did. But, but yeah, um, I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, just interesting, Alexandre Pantoja there. We'll know him from that class. Uh, from the fight with Neil Siri. I think he stopped Neil in the third round of his last fight ever, was it? Third, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, Machinel's one of the best prospects in that division, and he finished him in the first round. Neil Siri, you're a god. You're a we, god. We talked about this years ago. Yeah. That how good Pantoja was. And people were going, oh, is he? No, Pantoja is the fucking real deal, man. Very hard very to good look fighter. good in a fight against Neil Siri. Look at Haraguchi. Yeah. Like, yep. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Um, let's jump over to Bellator 236. We did have that one French fighter who lost <laughs> on Bellator 235. Um, who we didn't know his name till last week, so I figured that we'd talk about Kay Jackson a bit here. Elimile McFarlane is an unbelievable fighter, and I mean, to see what she did against so Kay well Jackson out. there was unbelievable to me, because Kate's a savage. She is a fucking savage. I know she's not the most vocal fighter in the world, but she can fight. Like. Big time, man. Big time. McFarlane, I think, showed on uh, was it Saturday night that she has an unbelievable repertoire of skills all around her striking, even in that fight. Yeah, um, you know, on point. She mixed it well. When she got inside. She landed. Um, Kate threw an awful lot. Didn't land an awful lot. Her ground game is obviously exceptional. It was just total dominance. You look at the interview after the fight. She didn't have a scratch in her face. Surely but she, she just does it right. You see her entrance and everything. Brilliant. I mean, she's completely plugged into the fucking electricity yeah. in Hawaii because everyone's just yeah. reverberating to her. Kate Jackson, like you know, Kate Jackson deserved a better promotion from her from Bellator. From Bellator, of course. She, you know, she fought all the way. And right, they should right no, but the like ends. when I'm talking about building a narrative, when she was fighting in London last, yeah. 
it only came up after the fact that you could be potentially fighting for a, a, a title next. Whereas they should have been saying that the whole time to us in the lead up to this yeah, fight, so we don't time. understand. Big time. And I think, you know, you know, props to her, kudos to her, whatever you want to say. And, you know, she hung in there, but it was, it was, she was chasing the fight right from the get-go. You, you, you could see she was knackered, tired in the corner, but still stuck in there. Brilliant submission defence. I think a number of times there was, there was triangles thrown on her, arm bars, everything. And she fought out of them. Um, but McFarlane was just a, a, a different level. Yeah, Bellator needs to sort this shit out. It, it, they, they, they do with the promotion of the fighters, and um, they have to. It's getting very disappointing because that's a you know a British fighter there that you could be putting well, so the much biggest, eyes it's on. The, guys no, but it's the biggest spot anyone's been yes. put in since the European series started, and we only found out about it on the week of the fight. It's not good enough. It's not um, good enough at all. AJ McKee, you you pointed to him oh, as. Yeah. Your number one Unreal. pick for that featherweight tournament. Happy enough to stick with that after that. I Unreal, uh, <laughs> superb striking, excellent on the ground as always. Overcame it, you know, the first twenty seconds. I think of the round, a bit of adversity. Um, you know, really, really good stuff from AJ. The guy, I think, is uh, he's that total package. Cool, calm, calculated, destructive, talks a good game, and backs it up ninety percent of the time. Very, very interesting to see where uh, where he goes, and I think he could ultimately, uh, you know, win this tournament quite easily. Fair to say, Brian Moore's given him the best go so far. Yeah, one hundred percent, indeed, no doubt. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. That, did you see that? Um, that's the reason why I bring up AJ because he's been kind of synonymous with uh, fighters in Ireland. They're kind of rivalries and stuff like that. And obviously, he fought Brian short notice, and uh, Brian Brian gave him a hard time that night. But in fairness, AJ did accept the short yeah. notice as well. Yeah. But. Um, I was just thinking about Brian. Did you see the picture he put up during the week of yeah. him with the two broken arms? Yeah. He's a fucking savage, isn't he's he? He's an animal. Brian will never. Like he's the nicest person in the world. And so then you see a picture of him like that, you're like, this fella's a fucking yeah, animal. He would man. fuck me up, but he'd buy you, he'd buy you a point. That one of yeah. those guys. But listen, Brian is an He'd draw your tears after he bet the shit out of you. Look at them. Well, that's it, yeah. Like the Noah Laha fight. Then you see him rolling out with his kids and his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ah. He's deadly, man. Great guy, great fighter. And I really hope, you know. The hands hold up for 2020, yeah. I hope. Hands hold up, he gets a good run of things. I thought no Lahal fight. Yeah. Very unfortunate, man. Really unfortunate in that fight. If he had a won that fight, he'd probably be in that tournament. Yeah. There's a chance. There you go. That's it really does come down to that and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward well, to seeing Brian back in there. He's actually a phantom I'm a fucking agent, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> But um yeah, that's pretty much all we have to say about last weekend. But um we'll be back to talk fighter of the year, knockout of the year, submission of the year. And fight of the year. Did I say that already? Knockout of the year. One of them. Of the years, anyway, all around. <laughs> and we'll have a look at some of the fights that are going down this weekend um, in case you are too bored and sick of the points and you just want to just stick on a bit of a fight and enjoy yourself. Back in a minute. Let's take a look at what's happening over the Christmas for you MMA freaks out there. Um, on the 27th, we have Brave CF 33. There's lots of Europeans in action there. It's Aleskarov versus Gonzalez in the main event. Russia versus Sweden. Uh, a lot of European action throughout the card. Um, Dan Vinny from the UK fighting. Uh, Rami Hamed against Izakov from Belgium. Also, Keen Cowley be Sam Patterson looking to get back in the win column. Of course, Keen is working with Conor McGregor now ahead of his comeback fight against Donald Cerrone. He just did an interview there with Sean Sheehan on SevereMMA.com if you want to check that out um, ahead of the event. It's just gone up today. Um, so have a look at that if you're interested in that card. We also have Bellator 237, which is Fedor versus Rampage. That's going down 
on the 28th of December. And I know you hate the old dinosaur fights, Noel, but is that that one not doing you any kind of favours there at all, Fedor and Quinton? Zero. Great Nothing. addition to the conversation there. <laughs> no, but like, come on, like, put your young guys at the top of cards instead of these guys and have a co-main event with that. It's just getting to a point where it's... I, I think that's silly, though, because, like, Fedor and Jackson is going to get more attention than any fight they're putting on that card, including Michael Chandler v. Sydney Outlaw, um, Larkin v. Nakamura, any of those fights, even Michael Page Yeah, what do you and think? Zoy. Because they failed to do that over the years, is, is build younger fighters. That's been the problem. I don't think they have failed to build younger fighters. They're putting on, you know, uh, Ken Shamrock and stuff like that, headlining. I know, I that's, know. Come on. But that's not the same. I don't see Fade RV Jackson as the same as Ken Shamrock v. fucking Data 5000 or whatever the fuck he fought that time. That yeah. was Hoist Gracie, was it? Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie? Yeah, it's not far off at that. I don't know, I'm interested. I mean, I, I think it's probably going to be the last fight, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, there you go. I don't know, I just, I think they could have done a better fight. I think it feels big like, because it's in Tokyo, Japan. Put MVP headline. Why not? Because he's on the undercard and Fedor and Quinton Jackson are way bigger names well, in Japan. Rampage is a big name in Japan, obviously. And Fedor from name. the Pride days? Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, well, that's, that's what, yeah, but listen, I, I'm just sick of seeing this. You just, you just shouldn't be promoting cards in Japan. That's all I'm I, saying to I'm you. I'm telling you, I shouldn't. Definitely shouldn't. But I just can't stand this constant fucking just dinosaur elements to, to main events but there's so many good young fighters um, on the cards that, that really aren't getting the, the, the profile on them they should be getting so that, that's my main right but anyway it's not going to change is it? <laughs> Noel McGrath looking forward to Bellator 237 oh, uh, Ryzen 20 great card I'm going to be covering that one on New Year's Eve very very early in the morning um, a lot of big fights Patricky Pitbull v Luis Gustavo Luis Gustavo is the premier 55er in Ryzen against Patricky Pitbull, who, if his brother wasn't already holding the title, would be probably fighting for it. Uh, Tofik Musayev, who's very good against Johnny Case, that's a great fight. Um, and as we go down through the cards, we have King Reyna on the, fo on, on the fold there, Vitaly Shematov. Um, Jake Hyun, who's been very good, I know he's a yank, but he's been doing very well. He's fighting Satoshi Ishii. And of course, Jiri Prohaska, putting his 205 title for Risen on the line against CB Dalloway. That's a great fight for uh, Yuri Brahaska to get. I'm a Eurobash legend in yes, his own right. Uh, indeed, but CB Dalloway, you'll have to think that he's given up his rights ever to, to fight in the US again after sort of going against USADA proceedings. So um, that's going to be very, very What did he go, what do you mean when you say go against? two-year ban. Oh, right, right. right. Um, so just pissed probably, hot, basically. Yeah, yeah. just pissed <laughs> off. I don't think he's ever going to fight in the US or stateside again after this one. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if Ryzen are paying them, you know they welcome that kind of stuff. Uh, Koi Asakura v. Manil Cap. A man who has a Portuguese flag beside his name, but I believe he's from Angola. Um, I wanted to see Gallagher v. Cape um, on this fight, but Koi Asakura is absolutely sensational. I've got most of my knowledge about the Asakura twins, brothers, whatever they are, from uh, Furiously High on uh, Twitter. It, it, like, these are, like, hugely famous in Japan. They're, like... Kind of like the Morgan Sherrier thing where they're like YouTube stars as well as fighters. But, you know, we saw Asakura knock out Horiguchi in his last fight. The chap's the fucking real deal. And I'm um, really looking forward to that fight with Cape because Cape is a, a lad who likes to go yeah, out and throw from the hip. You've talked about Cape an awful lot over But the, I think him and Gallagher is the fight to make in Japan because Cape is just going to throw bombs. There's, there's nothing else he do you, does. Do you think they'll generally put James in Japan? Not as long as they need him to sell out Dublin. 
that's yeah. the problem. And I think, I think, I, I think it's a like I think James is very fond of you know obviously loves the Irish fans, loves fighting at home. But I do think there's an element to it where he's like at some stage. It's going to be more money for me to go across, and a fight in Japan like that, I think, would be worth a lot of money to him. Has to be, yeah. You know, you've met, you mentioned Cape, and you've mentioned, you know, we, we've talked about Sergio Pettis. You mentioned Sergio Pettis. I think it has to be a point where where James is going to headline stateside before even potentially Japan, and I think. Oh yeah, probably. That's yeah. Uh, that's when you're going to see a, a massive sort of brand evolution, and Bellator really sort of get behind one of the the younger guys instead of the dinosaurs, and I think it's. It's great, and hopefully it happens in 2020. I think it will, I think it will. Well, uh, unless they want to keep him in Dublin, which you can understand they <laughs> yeah, will, won't it? Um, Tension Nakasawa, Nasukawa even, is fighting as well. And I Floyd? Again? No, Part he's six. fighting really badly. But, I mean, I am looking forward to that guy fighting. Also involved there, Patrick Mix. Um, Quality fighter. Who will man. be fighting Montoya of Japan. That's a really good fight, too. Like, a huge test of experience there for Mix. He's 12, and all this guy is at 30 fights, 27, 23 and 7. That's a, that's a tough Mick, fight for him. In fairness to Mix, he's delivered though, haven't we seen him so oh, far? Oh, so fucking brilliant. He's unbelievable, man. He's probably one of the best prospects in Bellator. And whoever has changed his name to Patchy Mix, I love it on Topology. Congratulations to you, whoever you are. I think, Patchy. He's, a, I think he's up on Rufusport nowadays. I'm not even 100% sure, but don't quote me on that, but I, I think he is. Patchy Mix, what a name. Yeah, great um, name. Absolutely an incredible name for Incredible uh, that's fire. very Irish, isn't it? He's gone from Packy, uh, from from Patrick, as we call him, Packy, to Patchy. Yeah. I think that's that's nearly an Irish variation yeah. there. We, we've found him. He's, he's ours. Before <laughs> we talk about our Christmas adventures, let's get on to the of the years. There's four oh, of them. Can't wait. Fighter. There's knockout, submission, and fight of the year. Um, we so, may have just sort of sneaked our fighters the earlier on. I might have just we, hinted we, at them. We, uh, uh, we, we, we'll go over it again. Right, well, where do you want to start? What's what's first up for you? Yeah, I think fighter of the year, and I think... We've know, already talked about we, it. So we've talked about it, yeah, yeah. so we, we regurgitated again quickly. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's got to be um, it's got to be Israel Adesanya, I think. The fights he's had, the fights he's won, won that world title. Um, you know, I can clearly understand why you've picked Jorge Masvidal, because the marketing... I'm not going to fall out with you over it, you know? Yeah, it's one of those ones. I think it's one or the other. Um, you know, Europe, you, you, could, you could go for Peter Jan. Unbelievable year he's had. And, you know, you've talked about him endless amount of times. He's a great interview him this week as well. You know, beating Dodson, Rivera, Faber. That's an incredible amount of three guys to put together in one year. To put yourself right in the title mix in 2020. You know, he's right there as well. You, you talk about other guys. You talk about, you know, European fighters. You look at... Saladin you know, Parnas. Parnas Herbert, who's, who's been incredible. Incredible, yeah. You know, Reese McKee again, another great year for Reese. Two wins on the bounce. Um, you know, moving up in the division as well. It's, it's, it's been incredible. But it got to be Israel Adesanya for me. Oh, what, yeah. what a progression, what a year. Yeah, I think Masvidal and Adesanya are interchangeable. I have Masvidal, Adesanya, Cejudo, Nunes, and then Patricio Pippo. That there's that's my top five. That's, that's totally fair. Because he won two titles this year, fought two great guys in Juan Arcoleta yeah. and uh, Michael Chandler. I'd have zero problems with, with you know any of those guys being on my list as well. You know, let's talk fight of the year. We mentioned it again earlier. I, I don't think you can look beyond Calvin Gastelum and Israel Adesanya. I, I I'd go as far as saying Comment there as well. Look, yeah, I, I'd go phone. as far as saying that Israel Adesanya and Calvin Gastelum is one of the best fights of the decade. Yeah, if not the best. Yeah, for enthralling. When, when you're watching a fight, right? You know when you're. you're, you're I was you're, screaming. You're, 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 I was just standing up screaming you're, you're at the end of the fight, and I just. Ah! This is like five in the morning, on six yeah. in the morning in Ireland, right? You're, you're you're screaming. You're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. You, you have a beer beside you, whatever you're you're doing. 
and you're screaming at the TV, you're pointing at the TV. Man, they're the fights that really push over. I, you know, there's other fights as well. I have to say, I mentioned that Houston Derby was an absolute cracker in case. I have that in my top five that as well. Was unbelievable. Right, but I will Romero say, this, I will Costa. say. Now, hang on, I will say this. Houston and Derby, right? It's it's not just the fight; it's the meaning of the fight. Knowing yeah. that one of these guys is going to go to the UFC, it's also the drama of it. The first fight ever in the history of cage warriors called off for having too much blood on the canvas. Like, I mean. Ben Lecter and Joe McCulgan had it's a fantastic well. fight, but it just doesn't have the same meaning uh, as Houston and Dalby when you consider the, the proximity to the UFC. But if we're basing this just on nothing other than what happened in the cage, I'd say McCulgan and Ben, uh, Medi Ben Lecter right is right there. there. Yeah, right but there. it's just when it takes on that extra meaning, it, it becomes something else, and that's why I've put well, that yeah, in the list. Yeah, well, of course. That's like me making my decision on, on fighter of the year. It's yeah, exactly yeah. the same thing. You just but little bits of it's factors. Little will, things of factors. Yeah. What's on the line? What's here? What's there? Here's my Mistakes. here's my second best fight of the year. It's uh, Vincente Luque v Brian Barberina. Katie, this is too You're weird. You're number man. three. This is too weird. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, brilliant fight. So much lads dropping left, right, and center. It's right. It was eight cunts in the fucking ring. There were so many lads hitting the deck. Like well, it was, man, Luke is always one of those guys. He's always a good. But Barberina is an animal too, yeah. man. Like I mean, that fella. Do you remember we bet Norco and everyone thought because yeah, he because he, he wasn't in shape. They were like, oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't get enough credit. He does. He's a really, really good fighter. But that was right, right up there. And you have to go Romero Costa as well, as well. I don't have Romero Costa in my top fight, but I'll tell you why I don't. It's a brilliant fight. Unbelievable. The reason why I don't is I wanted two more rounds. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I to- totally understand. Because I didn't feel like, I didn't get the finality I wanted out of it. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember at the end of three rounds going, fuck you, UFC. Like, why wasn't this fight? Yeah, yeah. But I, I will say, a fight that nobody thinks of, well, I'm sure people think of it, but because of where it sat, nobody t- ever talks about Max Holloway v Dustin Poirier too, because it came after Gastelum and Adesanya. Yeah. So when you've had yeah. that, if you go back and watch that fight by itself, cracker. it's unbelievable. It's not as good as Israel Adesanya and Calvin Gastelum, but it's right up there that again. And the reason why another one I don't think people pick it a lot is because of it's going to be on the knockout of the year column. Jorge Masvidal v Darren Till is a fantastic fight. We we only look at it as far as. The yeah, knockout. Maybe I've, maybe I've been guilty of that. Darren Till knocks Jorge Masvidal down in yeah. the first exchange. Yeah. Masvidal laughs on the ground as he's put yeah. down, and then the two boys go hell for fucking leather. Yeah, well, maybe, eventually... I've, maybe I've looked at it as well. Maybe I'm guilty of that. So yeah, maybe you are right. Well, I, I felt like people are going to complain, but they're like, oh, it's a knockout. But I was like, Darren was in that fucking fight, man. He knocked Jorge he was, Masvidal was, down straight away. And like, he was like, yeah. it, it was that real sort of, you know. In fact, he, I, I think, a, I think he made a massive mistake by not chasing Jorge Masvidal to the ground yeah, after I think that we first exchange. Yeah, yeah. And he was thrown the left, and, yeah, yeah. and he could have really capitalized and taken advantage of that fight. He didn't. That's a good yeah. call, man. A really good call. So, you get that sort of stuff when you're talking about there's lots of crossover, yeah. yeah. And, and once you put them in one column, you never yeah. think about them in the other, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. knockout yeah. of the year. I, I know you don't agree with me, but I went for the popular choice Masvidal, Masvidal v. Askren. Unbelievable, nah, nah. five seconds. Yeah, and it was obviously unbelievable, but I have to go with uh, you know, Kevin Lee. And I think again, I'm looking at this as sort of taking everything into context and you had obviously what's happened with Kevin Lee this year in the last couple of years losing his coach and um, obviously Robert Follis and then you know moving camps reassessing everything and to go in there against Gregor Lesby who was favoured I think going into that fight and put on such a cerebral it, oh, it, it was a it brilliant was a clinical fight. destruction yeah. of a really really high level guy and the manner in which he did it everything was selected in that fight 
a cool, calm, different Kevin Lee. That head kick knockout was sensational. That's my knockout of the year. Yeah, fair and enough. And I think there's uh, you know there's other ones you could throw in oh, there. Can I well. tell you which one I thought you'd go for? Yeah, go. Anthony Pettis v Stephen Thompson. It was one of my five. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't go there, and I thought it was you know fantastic, big upset as well, and you know Superman punch. Brilliant. Um, you know Valentina Shevchenko. That's my number well, three. Yeah. Um, against Jessica Ayan. Boo. I tell you one, I, I, I'll never forget. I'll never fucking forget. It's the first time I ever compared a knockout to a volley in my life. Uh, it's Diego Lima catching Michael Page on the half volley. I didn't even think of that. But yes, but there you go again. Because he's getting up one. off the ground yeah. and just whop. Just, just never head. seen anything like it. Yeah. Do you know, actually, it's a funny thing about that knock, knockout. And it's something that Casey Lydon said to me. Casey's trained for years as I have, but not as much. I've never trained as much in the striking stuff as he does. I've he tra- trained in years. I know. <laughs> he, he, he trains. He trains uh, a lot of striking, yeah. and he said um, that's the one one thing that Paige has done that made him look really green was the way he got up from being knocked down by that leg kick because he got up with his chin in the air, and it's just like he said. That's that's from a points fighting style where you don't think you can be hit on the way up, yeah. and that's that's why Lima was probably looking at him going, is he I'm, is he I'm doing serious? this? Yeah, oh. but I mean, I will say for Michael Page, and I, I do I make sure I say this to him when I interview him, people overlook what he did in the first round of that fight. He was down on the ground with Lima, a black belt and in his guard, yeah, and, and he came completely, completely safe. Like that's that's own, a yeah. huge thing. I'd, I'd watch that I'd watch that rematch any day of the week, but they need to build MVP towards it properly. Yes, and I think they will this year. And I think after that defeat this year, they will, and they'll have to. Uh, well, look, look, it, it was good that he called for the, the the title fight after that London fight when he fought the Italian guy nobody heard of, and they've put him in Japan now instead. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think when you look at um, a guy like him and the, obviously the stock that comes around him, and as you said, like how many fighters do fucking you know they learn so much from from getting their ass kicked? And I think he's one of those guys that will really hurt him. I think he did. See that when we fought Richard Coyley, like obviously a big mismatch, you know, in the ends, and um, you know, fair play to Richard getting in there, selling the fight, and, and Michael also. But that's going to be a huge sort of learning curve for him. That that Lima loss, where he's man, make him hungrier, and yeah. the, the guy's going to be fucking go out there next week in Japan, and you know, don't. Yeah. He's going to make a statement. He's going to, yeah, I, I expect him to. But there uh, was, there was loads of like, you know, look the knockouts, you know, last year. You know, another one that we have to mention as well, Sage Norcutt getting, I know his Oh his shit, I forgot really all about that. Oh my God. by, um, you know. What was that deal with the Brazilian? Uh, Cosmo, yeah, oh, Alexandra, so. Jesus. You know, that was an unbelievable. You know, Fuck, I forgot about that completely. That was, just that was nasty. Sensational. Well, I vomited into me cornflakes watching exactly, that. Exactly, and um, you had a, a couple other honourable mentions as well, you know. Josh Emmett against Michael Johnson, that was a sensational knockout. Oh. Um, probably saved the fight again for himself in that one. And, and that, um, that, what was Pearson's knockout he got rolling thundered? Oh, Jesus. On Par- Parabellum or whatever it's called, that MTK show. Yeah. Um, Parabellum. Oh, yeah. I can't, well, I can't the remember the guy who, who knocked him out, but, but the one reason why I'm reluctant to put that there is when Ross retired, we were like, he shouldn't be, you know, it's time to hang them up, you know, we're yeah, all kind of happy. And then when you see that go in, it's like, this is promoters shouldn't be putting on fights like this, yeah. like, you know. That's just my own feeling. Um, submission of the year, we'll be talking about a bit. Yeah, right? of course. Um, my first choice um, was Brent Primus against yeah. Tim Wilde, Gogo Platt and Tim Wilde. Okay. I, I thought that was exceptional. Like, I mean, a Gogo Platt, yeah. I mean, so rare. the last time we saw, like, the, the, the last few, the one I remember most is uh, Nick Diaz on, on Gomi in Japan all those years ago, and he got the decision overturned because he was smoking weed which is pretty funny when you consider they put CB Dalloway in a fucking title fight like but um, 
Yeah, I think premise was unbelievable. And then second, I had Bryce Mitchell for the twister. I oh, Bryce Mitchell, number one. Yeah, had, to, had to. Had to. A bit cumbersome when... for a twister, if you ask me. Like, could have been a bit neater, but I mean, what do you want? Yeah, but listen, it's what the second I'll show him how to do it someday, you know? <laughs> of course you will. Uh, second ever twister in UFC history. And I think, you know, Bryce was, was top of the list for me. And it was the first thing he actually... I fucking wrote here today. There you go, uh, Bryce Mitchell. It was just for a guy that young as well, and you know, making you know, coming off Dana White contender series, going in there and and, and making the big statements. Um, do you impressive? Do you do you the ones I picked are more to do with? It's not really the technique. It's more to do with the person they were submitting. Exactly. So I have Moya v Askren because I think Askren's an unbelievable grappler. Yeah. Despite yeah. me not thinking he's a, a fantastic uh, fighter, he's an unbelievable grappler. I would never dispute yeah. that. I'd let you talk more about the grappling stuff because Dos Anjos, arm triangle and Kevin Lee yeah. is unbelievable. Kevin Lee's an animal, yeah. like on the ground. He's fucking unbelievable. And yeah. for Dos Anjos to do that, I think pe people didn't give it enough credit at the time. Yeah, people don't give Kevin Lee enough credit for his round Definitely not. And the bit of darts going on there, if there you're is. wondering what the screen was going on. Uh, final one, and I'm sure it's not going to be on anyone else's list, but I was blown away by it when it happened in Stockholm. Uh, Makwan Amakani submitting Chris Fishgold. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anaconda choke, I believe it was. Like, I remember he was like the irate fish goal so oily on the yeah. ground. All them next gen lads, Paddy Pimblett, Very all good. those yeah, dudes. Of course. And um, I remember I talked to uh, Sergey afterwards, who was Macwan's wrestling coach, and I was like, come on, even you know. And he's like, yeah, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. You know? And, um, Deadly. Yeah, so I went with them. I could probably, like, I mean, I feel like the submission one is the, the one I'm not happiest with in terms of usually I'm very happy with, like, I've got the five best. I'd say there's a lot of shit that you could have picked from this year, to be fair. There is. It's been a big year. and uh, I trust you, though. I don't trust no, myself, no, so I don't... I trust you with that. No, but I got... You know. What, like, I mean, before we get on to talking about our Christmas, um, I just thought... I didn't even write it on down for this, but um, just thinking about, like, what, what Europeans are you excited to watch uh, next year? I think, Jesus. speaking for ourselves, I mean, I know we, we talked about it last yeah. week at the UFC, yeah. but outside of the UFC, let's say. I think, speaking for both of us, I think... Reese McKee and Ian Gary in Ireland is a big deal, right? Joe McCulgan, that whole story. Yeah. Paul Hughes, if he's in the mix. Of course. I think that's that's something, it's close to home, but so that is something that... Irish, is, and I think, you know, after the year, man, we had one, one fighter fight in the UFC this year. Joe, Joe Duffy, back in February. That's not good enough. You know, we should have more fighters in the UFC. Absolutely. The world's premier mixed martial arts organisation. And I think, you know, obviously with Bellator... McKee's hot favourite to be next. Of course. Yeah. And he, and he, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he will be. But I think there could have been more guys. Obviously, Bellator's great to see them get paid here, come here. But we do want guys in the world's Premier Mixed Martial Arts. Oh, of course. Martial arts, put toys in the sport here. All that sort of scenario. But you look at these guys. You look at Gary, as you said. You look at Paul Hughes. Such exciting young talents. But you have to think, Reese McKee is on the cusp. Joe McCoggins probably not far behind him one or two more wins he's in there towards the end of the year I think McKee if he makes a big statement in his next fight whatever it's going to be he's probably there so for Irish MMA it's very very exciting and I think we'll have one guy I think definitely by sort of maybe June next year uh, I don't know it might be too early end of the year I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to put yeah, I don't want to put a, a time span on it, but I think end of the year because they have all these Irish shows. Cage Warriors aren't going to want to part ways with these guys just on a whim. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if, if I we're can understand it. I'd say I'd say June. Yeah, second part of next year. Before we go on, because I want to talk about more guys, I forgot to mention that Brendan Lochnane's point. He was top of the list of people we're meant yeah, to talk uh, about here. Yeah. But again, I fuck these things up every now and again. So what are you going to do? Sure, He's fighting on the final PFL card of the year, um, and I feel like for Brendan. 
this one is the one that's going to launch his star. Like because yeah, next man. year he's going to be into the yeah, into man. the into the tournament fold. Um, I think they're definitely very fond of him. You know, when you have a lad getting pictures taken with Mike Tyson after his debut, and still will do a lot as well. Yeah, <laughs> Tyson Fury calling him on the phone. He thought it was Fury. All that debacle it was hilarious. Um, but David Valente, I don't know a lot about. A strong record at eleven and four. Um, I think the most important thing here is for Brendan to win. I don't think he needs to worry about finishing. Just keep winning. That's all you need to do in a tournament. Still fights. Hundred percent. Keep winning. <clears throat> you know, he's the eyes on him. We saw Dana White contender series where the UFC fucked up. That's one of the biggest regrets probably of the year for me, or one of the most disappointing moments of the year, if you want to talk about that. Um, Brennan not signing for the UFC, but he's found his journey with PFL. He's going to be a big star. When you've names like you know Marcus Rashford as well, Jesse Lingard, two Manchester United yeah. soccer players, fucking posting Instagram posts about him. You know, you're halfway there, son. So Brennan is a big star. He's going to do big things in, uh, in 2020. And uh, I'm just I'm delighted for Brandon. And he's I making really me am. tune into PFL, really so God love him. Yeah, well there you go. I'm, um, I'm exactly the same. We watch them live on Facebook. So just back to uh, the European fighters to watch. I'm massively interested in Jack Cartwright next year because I didn't actually yeah. get to watch that card live when he debuted, and they're coming to Manchester. That's a massive spot. I feel like Joy. Okay, what they're doing with him yet, though. Not not just yet, but I mean the fight is until March. Yeah. Um, but coming in as a, he was a first reserve coming into that show. Unbelievable. On a you know, Cage Warriors and Plot that came in and sparked everyone. I thought it was funny. Like, Jack Jack showed up Jack got signed obviously I think around the same time as he won the belt. Yeah. Or as he had debuted, but he came on the show and he was like, Fuck me, I didn't <laughs> I didn't think that was gonna happen, you know what I mean? It like, was unbelievable. Yeah, he's it was, quality. It really was. Also Pedro Carvalho and that um Featherweight tournament and Adam Barrix. Yeah. Like I mean, I know AJ's. You know, people are gonna favour him. Them no, but Pedro's looked so good, man. He's yeah. looked unbelievable. Yeah. Will twenty twenty be the year that Paddy Pimblet signs for the UFC? No. Do you not think so? No. no. I just haven't seen enough from Paddy yet. Only he hasn't fought in a long time. Yeah, and and, and you know, I just think there hasn't been enough. But I'll tell you what could happen, and this is what I think and could the happen. Evolution in his game. Joy Herbert goes to the UFC. Donovan Des maybe Paddy Pimblet becomes a, uh, a lightweight title fight. If he wins that, he doesn't even need to go to the UFC straight away, even though they might be interested, because they're definitely going to be interested with a guy who draws that much. Yeah, well, I think that... But if that doesn't happen, you're going to have um, you're going to have Mason Jones versus Paddy Pimblett for the lightweight title yeah. in cage warriors. That would be fucking wild. Yeah, it would. Is Desmay in... Is that not confirmed, or is there being... Well, Joy Herbert still has a title, but like, it's all the hinges yeah. on whether Joy's going to go. Well, I, th I think Joy is gone. I, I'd agree with you with that. So I hope I he's gone. Be surprised. He should be gone. But he, if we haven't heard about it, why, yeah. why, you know? Yeah, so, no, it is. It, it's interesting, but I'm just not sure, you know, I want to see more from Oh, because you want to see him fight, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, I but if everything that. goes well against Donovan Desmond, he has a signature performance, I would not rule that out. If you think about the stock he has going into the UFC, more so than your yeah, average punter going place. in. Yeah, of course. Even though Joyce look way more impressive than Paddy of late, like because he's been fighting, he's won the belt, he's looked fantastic in doing so. Paddy still has that factor that this guy sells out arenas by himself. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I agree on, on the, the, that front, the marketing front, but, uh, you know, in terms of getting in the cage. And oh, he needs to do it. Job. He needs to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. He needs to, to, to do more, but, yeah, listen, Joy should be there already. Yeah, I think we, we, we both agree on that. Um, will Leon Edwards fight for a UFC title next year? Yeah. I think he will, won't he? Yeah, he's fucking pissing everyone off. But this has been one of the main teams of Eurobash for the year, so we have to we have to talk about He'd it. He'd never do it. He'd never do it. He'll never do it, PT. That's what the UFC said to him. Fuck the UFC. Because they 
always do. We've had a few now, lads. They, <laughs> they He's taking do, his headphones they off. They always do with, with fighters, right? They write them off. Tony Ferguson did it for so long. Look, look what, what Tony's doing now. Never heard of him. Who's Tony Ferguson? No one knows who he is, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, mate, this guy, he just has that thing about him. He's like a, a fly on shit. He's, he's just going to keep going back. The title is there. Bang, bang, bang. He's knocking on the door, and he'll get a shot. The UFC played it wrong this year with Leon Edwards, big time, after that. The, the, that it's hard thing. to say he did because he hasn't disappeared because yeah. he keeps winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but he is part of that conversation with Masvidal and, and why Masvidal blew up to where he was as well. Like, there was an opportunity there for them after that fight. What happens, obviously, you know, backstage, you know, in London, and that was a massive missed opportunity. I think we talked about it for so long. But the major thing and what he is doing is, look what he did. Look what he did this year. The two fights that he had this year, look what he did. Brilliant. Unbelievable. RDA. And Gunny. And Gunny. And Gunny. Well, there you go. You know, yeah. give the guy his, his just desserts, and he'll get it this year. I really do think he will get a title shot. I agree. I agree. I think it is going to happen. I think Hermanson v Till is going to happen in London too. Like you call it, buddy. And that could be a huge card. I just, I'm not, I'm getting that sinking feeling when I see Nathaniel yeah. being matched elsewhere. And even though, yeah, we get the fight or whatever, Nathaniel should be the guy. They should be giving him a feature belt or something on the London cards, synonymous with London. I, I feel I'm, like I'm not too. I'm not too. I, I understand, but if they if they let it go around again, and he isn't on the London card yeah. next year. It's a piss yeah. take. It's a piss take. Yeah, yeah. It depends what he does this year. Obviously, you know, if he kicks on, goes over there and wins that fight against Dodson, which is, you know, former title challenger. Does he do it? I don't know. I think Dodson's pace is just insane, and it's very, very hard to control. They Dodson. said the same when he fought Peter Yan. Exactly. So. Who fucking knows? They just like, need to realise that Europe have the best now. That's I what think they need been, Yeah, well, maybe that's been one of these years where I think everything is coming together for Europe. And it's, Do you it's, know what the difference is? It's a, it's a, it's a bunch of contenders coming They through. never had a Euro bash before. And now there you go. we're setting up the table for them saying, go for it, lads. My Guinness is running low here, right? <laughs> so <But laughs> what, what I'm saying to you is, right, I think this year has been a year, maybe not full of titles like it was a couple of years ago with Joanna, Connor, all that. It's been a year where we've been building fighters. The fighters are coming to the forefront. Peter Yan, fucking Nathaniel Wood, you know, Joanna Young Jake just getting a title shot again. Connor's coming back apparently. They're the guys obviously leading the way, but we've other fighters here, Leon Edwards, people like that, who are literally right on the fucking door of a title shot. Till could have a huge year and as well. Till could have a huge year. Till or Hermanson, either way that goes, that's huge. It's unbelievable. Rakic, Ozdemir again, back <clears> in the mix. Cyril Gann. Cyril Gann. There you go, Francis Ngannou. From Cameroon. He's Irish. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you, man. It's one of these years where we've just had to maybe sort of build for a little bit of the year, and now we're going to fucking pounce. And I guarantee you Europe's going to be um, in a better place this time next year when we're chatting on the south side of Dublin next year about talking about potential UFC contenders from Europe. It's fucking exciting, man, and I can't wait for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, what has your Christmas festivities been like? I've been trying to fit. Shit. I've been trying to fit in nights out in between shifts, and it's not recommended. I'll tell you that much. I went out. Me and Elaine had a Christmas party on Friday night. We went to the south side. Oh, went to Ranelin. Hey, what? You went to Ranelin and you didn't ring your boy? Well, I had to bring her to the Stella, John Cinema. That's some fucking rat minds, it's dope. Yeah, I was in Randall first. I was in the Butcher Grill, some restaurant. You went to the Butcher? Yeah, yeah. It's like the most exclusive restaurant in Dublin. Well, you know, they rang me. They were like, Pete, we'd love you to come. Jesus I was like, Christ. no problem, guys. I'll sign a few steaks for you, whatever you need. And they came I in. I man, Dave, for there today. Tell them I said it's very good. It's amazing, yeah, I've been there. Went in. Didn't so, they let peasants in? 
Oh, well, you know, they let you in to buy the vouchers, didn't they? <laughs> but, um, Board of them online. But uh, yeah, it was fantastic. We went there. We went to a place called the Tap House. Um, a lot of Southsiders talking That's absolute sack to each other. Yeah. It was packed. Yeah, it's always busy. Mad. It's two yeah, floors yeah. and every seat taken. I don't like them. Uh, doesn't like you either. And then we went to the Stella. And it was fantastic. Why are you so hostile towards me? I'm just talking about points here. I'm trying to advise you. Listen, Tap House for me. It sucks. Fantastic. Nah, the points are shite. Smiths and Randler, good point again, sir. Birchus. Saw a few OAPs going in there, right. but um, <laughs> it's um, it's a great neck of the woods, I have to say. The butcher, really. No, just Randler in general, yeah, really nice. Spot. Um, That's where I went to scale pizza. If I was ever going to go and make my move to the south side, the butcher grill have told me like, look, Honestly, you can move in here for a while. Butcher grill is unreal, isn't it? Oh, it was, it was savage. Only thing that really nothing. pissed me off was. I had my eye on this coat of buff you could go halves with. I got one of them and had it all. Can I just tell you? Two of them. Yeah. yeah. 70 quid for two people. I was like, grand, we'll get a couple of starters, get that grand. None of them left. All right, what's the next share in steak? Chateaubriand. How much is that, love? 120 quid. Yeah. And now I look like a prick, so you have to get it from me. Yeah. It was fantastic. Was yeah, yeah. It was good, though. It was fantastic. I don't mind paying for food. It's one thing I don't mind paying for. Food. I also went out and had a session with Owen Colgan and Cold Air during the week in, in this in this neck of the woods in Stony Bar, which is fantastic. Sure and then, that's pretty much it. That's the only sessions I've had. And then, I that's it. On Friday, that's it. I'm not joking. Yeah. I don't really have anything planned for the Christmas either. Yeah, I have no, no plans for tomorrow, Christmas Eve. I got Eve. into a lot of stuff I don't even want to fucking do. Last oh. minute, as per usual. I do a run around every Christmas. Like, I mean, I just think we're getting old, man. I think we have to stop thinking that this is a big celebration of us. It's for the babies, isn't it? Fuck the babies. Don't have them if you don't want them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've right. all these lads moaning about controversial having kids. Line. No, it's not a controversial line. I'm talking about all the lads who go, oh, you know, I, 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 I can't go out. Oh, you're lucky to go out. No, mate, listen. If you don't want to go out, if you want to go out, don't have so many fucking kids. That's, that's <laughs> the problem, like. That, that's it. But sure, my dad used to let us fend for ourselves since we're five, like. I mean, just leave you there with a bit of raw meat, come back in a few hours, you're grand, like. You know oh, what I mean? Good. I sure listen leave, it, leave a knife under the fucking table in case anyone breaks in, and they're grand. I turned out all right, didn't I? No, not at all. <laughs> so, oh, um, crack I'm in. looking forward to me dinner. That's Fuck all I'm off, looking man, forward man, to. Be so I just want me ma's dinner. That's all I want. And then... Um, it's been quiet. It's been a quiet one, I have to say. It's been very quiet. And I, to be honest, what do you get in in terms of gargle when you're at Christmas? I used to get a lot more when I was younger. What Maybe did you get right this year? I've got nothing in yet. Ah, oh, here we go. A few Guinness will come tomorrow, but... I probably like Christmas Day, man. I go out tomorrow night now and have a have a fair few, and I probably be sometimes I'm a little bit too hungover on Christmas Day to really enjoy it. But see, I used to do. It. I used to go on Christmas yeah, I used Eve to, to I, my yeah, to my good. local, and it was like, um, and it was just um, last couple of years we went. It was like I felt like everyone was in junior infants running around the place. Yeah, I was like, I'm just not doing this again. No, no, I agree. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Like I mean, oh, like after you knock out 15 teenagers in a row on a night out Jesus. you start to feel bad about it you know what I'm, I mean I'm sure you you would. wake up on Christmas day your hands a bit bruised you're like I shouldn't have hit that five year old would you Would you? Be, he shouldn't have been drinking though would you feel bad about it nah you're cold look my hands sometimes get sore and you're as cold as my fucking Guinness that is gone it's now empty yeah, I'm not even empty. messing with you Noel's perfectly happy to talk away here until that point's been empty and now he's just frantically staring at it as I'm talking yeah no I want to smash it <laughs> over your head at this point I'm getting angry listen we're going to get the fuck out of here happy Christmas you what, what do you hope you get off the MMA Look, gods for Christmas. Well, I'm not finished this yet. Oh my goodness. What do you hope if you could get something off MMA Santa for New Year, what would it be? 
Jesus, I don't know. That's a tough question. Mate. Like what, in terms of fights or something like that? Or Anything you want. To make a million euro. Not, th- next not year from fight related. Yeah. All right, no, Grant. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, I think there's There's a lot of things I want to see. I want to see, you know, maybe regulation probably in the sport in Ireland would be a massive oh, thing for me. Oh, good show. Political. Um, you know, it's, I think a lot of the guys here, have, you know, work so hard for it and the fighters deserve it. And I think, you know, and if you look at the sport, it doesn't get a lot of the mainstream coverage it should get because of the public interests, you know, as far as I've been aware of what I've been taught in, in college and what you've been taught in college, that something should be consumed on the public interest and mixed martial arts is very much in the, in the public interest and um, whether people want to deny it or not. And I think to get the sport recognised would be a massive thing for me here in Ireland, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm actually like, I've asked you that question and I don't really have an answer for it myself, which is disappointing. So I'm just going to go with, um, yeah, just give me a few title fights. We already have Joanna. Give me Leon. And then give me a middleweight title fight for either Taylor or Hermanson, depending on who wins that fight, I'd say. I'm happy enough with that. Yeah? Yeah. Peter Jan? Peter Jan, yeah, he'll do as well. Do you think he'll get a beast? Pete, uh, Is there other narratives to get in front of him? Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, I mean... You look at the title there, Cejudo, he's asking for Aldo. I mean, that's a nightmare. And, and, as well. and, 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 Al, and, and Dana White's going, I like the sound of that, like a yeah. dickhead. So, I mean, it's like... Yeah, Dana's a plonker. You know, I, I, I think if we, got, if we get three title fights for Europe next year... Well, I think we will. That would, be, that would be me, a very happy man. Do you think Conor McGregor will get a title? Just from an Oh, man, if he farts you? near a, a champion, he'll get a title yeah. fight, so... Yeah, he probably will. But outside of that, three title fights I'd like to see. Joanna coming up as well, so that's yeah. one. Fingers crossed. So, happy okay. Christmas, Noel. Happy Love Christmas, you very man. much. Have a good one. I hope you pleasure. get home safe tonight. If you don't... Yeah, yeah. Well, Pete's uh, got a My hands lads. are not covered in well, blood. Basically, I just looked outside there having a smoke a few minutes ago. Don't smoke, kids. And, um, it's not cigarettes, don't worry. Four <laughs> the four corners of the pub are all uh, surrounded by uh, dodgy-looking Just throwing up gang stuff. signs on your way out and you'll be grand. Right, if anything happens to me, please... Just uh, throw up the end, baby. Please hit me up on Instagram tomorrow and see if I'm all right, because I, I don't think so. I hope you get a beat. Fuck you. <laughs> Thanks very much for a great year, Noel. We have moved My the man. podcast onto a new platform. Legend. You people have made us very happy <laughs> hosts of a podcast. And uh, we appreciate the thousands of you that listen every week. Can't believe so many of you do. Um, but, you know, that's your cross the bear. Ours is recording it, so uh, we love his loads. See us in 2020. We won't be back next week, but we'll be back the week after. Fuck the north side. Fuck the south side, up the north side. Thank you very much. Noel covered his mouth and looked away as he said that, just to let us know. We love his loads. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>